Welcome to Worthy, I'm Alexia Boland. Would you fake a pregnancy? That's the question I'm asking this week after discovering there are thousands of forums dedicated to the issue. I started digging and investigating the matter as to why people do it. How do they feel about lying to loved ones and how do they actually make others believe in their lies? And is it all worth it in the end? As you can see, I have a few questions to ask. All it took was a simple Google search before I found countless websites showing step-by-step guides to faking a pregnancy, including fake stomachs for each trimester, fake doctor notes, fake ultrasounds, and even how to use Coca-Cola to turn a negative pregnancy test into a positive one. It's pretty scary stuff, right? Many of these sites claim their products are being sold for pranks only. However, I'm extremely concerned for the larger ramifications these so-called joke props have, especially for those who are being lied to. As I started talking about this with my friends, several came forward and told me that they have their own stories of friends who had been lied to about the same problem. And this is one of them. So uh, I saw this girl for a couple of weeks and nothing was really serious. Uh, We caught up a few times and we went out and obviously you do what you do and things happen and... um, I just there was no connection there from my point of view. I gave it a little bit of time, and um, she uh, she didn't like the ending of it. And after a little while, I did met... it end badly. No, it didn't end badly. Uh, not from my point of view. We I'd been a bit a little bit ill, and um, she wanted to contact me and uh, and see me when I was ill. But um, I just was really busy with work, and also very busy, very sick, and um, needed some some alone time and just wanted to have my own space to recover from being a little ill and um she didn't she didn't really like the thought of me not wanting her around um i kind of thought from there that that would be the end of it do you think perhaps maybe she thought it was more of a relationship than what had developed by that time yeah probably um be it for what, what whatever reason but um i think that at the end of the day, it wasn't really going anywhere from my point of view, and um, I I called it quits, and it was time to move on. Um, and then I met somebody else, um, which the relationship um, flourished and and moved really quickly. And um, then there was a, a night where we went out. I think it would probably would have been within, I think three weeks, um, and we. We had some time. First of all, I guess we had, we had some time. And we chatted for a little bit before we met, and then um, this well, is the the, the new relationship, new. yeah. And then we 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 um, met up, and it just sort of clicked from both ends, and um, we we sort of hit it off. And then um, after a few weeks, probably three weeks, as I said before, we um, we uh, we were out one night. We had our first photo that we posted online together, and then um, it was literally within two hours of that that photo going up um i got a very long text stating from kate uh stating that uh she was pregnant um that was the 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 base of this the story um 
she said that she didn't want to tell me and it was a bit of a a bit of a difficult situation or time for her um, and I quickly quickly uh, called her when I got the text message and I was still I was with um, my partner at the time um, and I stepped outside and made a, con- a phone call and it went for a little while I was sat at the front of my house in the cold uh, made the phone call and discussed what would happen from here and um, from there I met up with with Kate the next day and we discussed the issue. Um, I was also very f- upfront with my partner and told her straight away that this is what was ha- happening. And uh, she was quite upset and uh, I was quite upset. But um, I caught up with Kate the next day and uh, she discussed a few things. And I guess maybe even that day, it was uh, there was a few questions left. I, I left that conversation um with a few questions about some of her reactions and it wasn't until things unfolded that I started to unpack those those actions that she sort of demonstrated throughout that time and you and saw things some red flags? Yeah, a few a few of those things those red flags were things like um her touching her stomach when you know she got up or when she was sitting down and um she stated that she was only seven or eight weeks at the, t- at the time and she could feel the baby and I think that, that that for me was a bit of a red flag at the time after I sat down and unpacked it a little bit with people I, talk, I, I sp- sort of spoke with um, and also then obviously the conversation um, diverted a little bit uh, during that, that hour that we caught up and, and spoke a little bit about you know why her and I had not worked. And also... Um I also remember you saying that there were there were concerns and confusion over the actual, you know, timelines. Like it actually wasn't going to be physically possible for there to be a pregnancy, at least with you being the father. Yeah, and look, she she had been away. Uh, she went away um, overseas and had a, it was for a few weeks, and uh, I was not in contact with her at that stage. And thinking back to the timeline, I, I think that the um, the timeline didn't really add up. And then the expected date that she'd given me, um, I think it, it meant the pregnancy went for about 11 months, um, which that was, a, yeah. that was a couple of days later that I got given that information. So that, that original catch-up, I wasn't given that information. Um, actually, it was that day that she gave me that information. Um, but yeah, it was... I think it was about 11 months, um, the, the pregnancy, which obviously is... A scientific is, phenomena. Yes, it's not, not something that happens in uh, humans. So, um, And I think that was unpacking that with people around me. So um, I spoke to a lady, one of my best best friends who, who's a midwife, and she, she uh, quickly unpacked a few of the... Uh, quickly unpacked the story and obviously um, pointed out a few few truths that would be later unraveled um that but this this actually went on for several months this it wasn't just a matter of time that you were able to say actually this isn't adding up can yeah. you so, um tell us what it was like when because this went on for such a long period what were you thinking this entire time and did you discuss this with this this woman yeah we, we had a number of um text message conversations and um the text messages used to come through late at night um there was anywhere between 9.30 and probably 11.30. So they were quite late, um, which, again, brought up some red flags. Um, she wasn't 
willing to text through the day. Um, it made this time quite stressful at work and put a lot of strain on this new, new, the, the new relationship that I was in. Um, and she also was quite interested in the new relationship. That was also something you mentioned too. What can you describe that was like? Yeah, well, as I stated before, she she moved the conversation away from um, the pregnancy and was very that yeah. was very focused on um, how my new relationship is going and why um, and if I was seeing her when I was seeing her Kate um, and she was very interested in that side of things and she was very interested also as to why her and I didn't work out um, which had been very clearly outlined to her um, many months before um, and I think you know where things got a little bit hairy was that it was a consistent there was a consistent consistent message from me surrounding the pregnancy and and what information I needed to discuss with her but she wasn't willing to give any information or great detail um, in any in the information that she gave back so it was all very um, generic information which again brought up red flags and because you you know you, that's um not an unreasonable thing to ask if you're having a child with someone to have the the details of of how it's going to play out and you know to work out you know potential you know how this how it's going to work as a partnership to raise the child uh, yeah exactly we, we the the very first conversation we had on the sunday when we discussed it at a park when we met up face to face was around a little bit around that and we she was moving to to another state um, and she was very much interested to know how that could work if she was to have the baby and um, obviously I would would have supported um, her if that was the case and and supported a a baby growing up Um, but it would have been difficult in a different state and that's fine she had to make decisions around her career and her work and uh, I had a very secure job here and in Melbourne so it wasn't like I could relocate my life for a relationship that I didn't want to be involved in Um, but I would have obviously done the right thing and and supported her and the baby growing up if that's what needed to be. Uh, It was clearly outlined to me during a text message conversation that uh, she didn't need my support and her family knew and uh, they didn't need any money from me Um, and again that was contrary to what was said in a in a face-to-face conversation probably two weeks before that. Did you find a lot of the time um, the story was changing in terms of, you know, when you were asking for information or detail, it, it suddenly wasn't possible or there was she wasn't available to speak to you? Yeah, there were times where she told me I wasn't allowed to contact her for a phone call. Um, but the, as, as I stated before, it was more about... Um, her deflecting the conversation and trying to make it as generic, the answer as generic as possible. Um, and I guess with without the detailed information she that she couldn't give me because there clearly was no baby, um, that sort of that sort of made my emotions run a little little um, unhinged in a way. Um, and how long did this go on for, this kind of state of limbo where you weren't really 100% sure or able to trust what was being said because you just couldn't, you weren't receiving any real information? Yeah, so 
Um, from the original conversation that I had with her on the Saturday night, uh, then moving into the, the, the face-to-face conversation, it would have been three to four weeks that she let left it in a state of limbo. Um, and that, and what I mean by that is that she um, took that amount of time to decide if she was going to have an abortion or not. Um, and that was something that we discussed from the first first meeting. Um, and it got to a point where... I was at my my new partner's house, her her family's house for dinner. Um, it was actually the first time, the second time I think I'd met them, and it was it was um, obviously the new relationship was quite new, and you're still daunting meeting the meeting the parents for a second time. And I had this in the background. We had this in the background, and um, she rang me a few times that night, which would have been four, three, four weeks from the beginning of the story. Um, to and I couldn't answer the phone. I was at out at my parent-in-law's house and um i text her back saying i couldn't answer um and asked her had she made a decision and and her response was no we need to talk um and i said well i can't and can can you just tell me what i need to hear over the text message and she said that she um she was going to have the baby um and she was moving to sydney and it was it was completely um devastating in a way just purely because the story i'd got to a point with my partner that we we really didn't believe that the story was true but it was just a bit of a what if and if, if and, and another real, twist in the tale yeah and if it's real and she's going to have that then what does that look like for me and us and and our future did you find that your partner was quite suspicious or was it more just a case of supporting you all people in my life that i'd told and we we'd unpack the story. Um, believe didn't believe it was true. It was there was too many loopholes in the story. There was too many. Um, there wasn't enough inconsistencies. There wasn't enough generic. There was not enough information. There was all generic information. There was too many inconsistencies with her her story. Uh, my partner was fantastic throughout the whole thing, and she um, she was pretty pretty devastated from. You know, the first time she was she was told when when I had that phone call, but after that she was pretty much my support network, and and she knew how much I was going through, how much pain, and and um, how traumatic it was to an extent because it, there were days when I was going to work and I would shut my blinds and lock my door, and I just did not want to have anything to do with the world because I thought the world was caving in, um, because I I couldn't keep up with the story, um, and also um, I think she knew that. It, how untrue it was and and continue to believe that um she even wrote down i think a, a list of things i think we were about 27 points long as to why this story wasn't true um but look that she was she was great throughout the whole thing um and to credit to to her and the relationship that it probably made us stronger um and on the contrary to that i think that maybe the story that was made up um was to try and break uh, me and my new partner's relationship up and, and it actually did the opposite had the opposite effect and after a certain amount of time uh, kate did contact your partner as well when this tactic of of kind of avoiding information with you wasn't working do you remember how that went down yeah so after a little while um, i told her not to contact me and I gave her a, a third person, which is one of my best mates, to contact. Um, and she did contact him at some point, but then she did contact my partner and she contacted her via Facebook and it went through to a, a separate 
inbox, the outbox. the outbox or whatever it is that, um, that, that you can't see. And I think it took her a little while to see it. Um, but basically, um, she outlined the fact that she, or she, t Kate told my partner that um, we were bringing a child into to the world together, and or a little life, I think she said. And this is um, while the the she, the abortion was still on the table, or it was off, or it was. It, this, it changed quite a number of times by this stage. This was a little bit later, and she she was having the baby at that stage. Um, so, yeah, she she went on and, and I guess was very emotive with her language um, towards my partner, and it was about her and I to being together. Um, she touched on the baby, as I said, we'll bring we were bringing in the baby into the world together, and um, I guess the rest of it was was solely around. Um, my relationship with Kate and, and how what had happened and it was parallel to to my relationship with my new partner which uh, I have no idea how she how she thought that was she may have seen some Instagram photos or Facebook photos or whatever it was where you go out for breakfast or as any relationship does you going out and, and, and socializing in a, in a public setting um, and that's what all new relationships do or any kind of relationship so um it was that was interesting and i think at that stage i'd sort of totally forgotten about it inside my partner and um it sort of opened up new old wounds and um we had to obviously go through that again but again my partner was good good at um understanding obviously it's not happening and um by this stage you were confident this has got to be a lie yeah absolutely Absolutely, we hadn't heard from her for a while, um, and I guess that the the other thing was that she, you know, I think Kate was sending that message to my new partner, or my wasn't new really at that stage, but to her, um, thinking or hoping that she wasn't aware. She wasn't aware, um, but more for her, um, she was aware from the from the very first night that uh, I got that text message. And finally, how did this all come to a head? Because obviously this isn't still happening to you to this day. No, I'd, I'd obviously, I outlined a few times that if Kate had continued to contact me that I would go down a legal setting, a legal proceeding, um, just purely because it was just becoming almost stalkerish in the sense that the the, the, um, the, the late night text refused messages... refused information yep, and, and late, proof. The late night te text messages without the actual, the, the deep, crux of the information that you needed to, to believe that the story was true she contacted my mate um my best mate early in the piece and he didn't tell me um because he thought he knew the story was was false um but he he had outlined to her that i needed proof um and this was this was early in the, in the piece i think it was it could have even been weeks in. yeah a few weeks in or a month in or whatever it might be um so I hadn't heard from from her, and then um, James, my mate James, he um, he told me, you know, probably three months later that he he he, or two months later that he'd spoken to her or had these emails, um, and he apologised for not telling me, but he didn't believe that the story was true, and he also stated that um, he didn't want any more drama drama in my life. So he was looking out for me in that sense, which was fantastic. Um, but it came to a head really when. Um, when I'd spoken to James and then a couple of weeks later after that conversation that James and I had he, he sort of said that the base of the conversation was about me needing proof 
and um, a few, a few, probably a month or two after that conversation I had with James, I got an email um, from Kate with a picture of an ultrasound, um, and I woke up to this at about six o'clock in the morning. I was getting ready for work, and I panicked. I, I think I, um, I had a bit of a panic attack. Sent the email. I sent my sent the message actually straight to my mum, who had then been told about it. Um, and she's also an, a nurse. Yeah, mum's a nurse as well, and um, she she was she was very supportive of it all. Um, and she said that you know any information from here, let me know, and I can help you out. Anyway, so I got this email early in the morning, and um, my partner wasn't awake, and I, I thought, what am I going to do with this? So I sent the the picture of the the sonogram or the um, ultrasound to to my mother and she was awake and she sent an email back saying um, when did you get this and I said I just got it and she goes give me a second anyway she jumped on Google and it was the second picture she she um, found on Google Um, and mum mum just said this is an effing lie (laughs) and um, um, so, which which made me a little bit more relieved, but I, I obviously had to question how she knew that, and she talked me through a few things. Anyway, I looked at I looked at the, the picture a little bit more deeper, and um, up the top in the ultrasound where you have all the detail of a person and, and, and the infant, the numbers and things like that, you could tell that some of the, the, type, the some of the wording had been photoshopped. Uh, the the text was different to, to some of the other text. It, it, you could you could almost tell that the um, pixels were different, um, especially if you zoomed up, zoomed in. And then, obviously, I jumped straight on Google as well and had a look, and the picture was identical. And um, I think I, I was laughing in relief, but also I, I think I was almost in tears as well because it was um, it was just relief, and I just laughed. I was laughing at her because I just thought, finally, the story's up. And I sent an email to her um, after I got that, um, straight away actually and, and thanked her for the picture um, because at that stage I hadn't obviously got in word back from mum. Um, that was probably first... thought, oh God, this whole mm. time it's been true. Yeah, and I, 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 I sent her the text, the email, just thanking her for the information. I said we need to be in contact. Um, and then she sent one back um, after I'd spoken to mum saying, um, I don't want any contact because I'm a little bit, I'm still a bit unsure of what, you know, how we how I want to continue with this I don't know I was unsure of telling you I don't know you know where I want to go from from here so at this stage I already knew I then knew once she replied to my first email original email that she was has tried to has, pull had the fal- falsified a, a picture and so I I um I replied back basically just saying that um she had been caught out the ultrasound was photoshopped um, it was on Google and that uh, this sick joke was basically over um, and that she needed some psychological help because it's not, not a way to, to go through life. And this, this, would have, this was carried on from, um, it would have been five months, four, four months to five months um, that this had carried on and it, it wasn't pleasant living with it in the back of your mind every day. Um, and so at that stage, I told her that she needed some psychological help and never to contact me again. She sent me an email, and I guess that the final email, a point of the email was that she was ne- never to contact my friends, friends, uh, family, uh, me, or my partner ever again. Otherwise, we would proceed with legal proceedings. 
um, or action. And she she then emailed me back um, outlining that she knew it wasn't the right way of going about it, but she was upset about um, us not continuing um, into a relationship. And she was, I, I guess, um, apologetic in a way of doing what she did. But again, in her email, did not actually own up to the there ever never being a baby she she sort of worded the the her email in the sense that um there was no baby now and um she she didn't want to go through with having it so it was almost like she still couldn't still attempting to backtrack she couldn't own up to she couldn't own up to um the what she had done the fact that there was actually no baby in the first place I also spoke with Adam Smerling from Bayside Psychotherapy in Melbourne to try and gain a better insight into understanding why some women would want to fake a pregnancy and how the story turns out in the long run. It's a very extreme example, um, you know, of someone willing to subject themselves and somebody else to a very different fantasy that they know full well is going to unravel. So. Clearly this person had no intention of, um, yeah, I guess of uh, what they said they wanted, you know, which is probably a family and you know, a committed relationship. It's just like, you know, we can't really know their motivations unless they're, you know, in, in the consulting room and talking. But yeah, clearly they've got major um, issues, I think, and, and it's, I'm sure there's a lot of complex reasons why they would be... Um, willing to do that especially with um online it's quite easy to purchase you know positive pregnancy tests and um you know trimester <clears throat> stomachs and things like that there's like businesses set up around this now um you know what do you make of that from an ethics standpoint and i suppose also encouraging um patients that see you you know to continue with their behaviors yeah well i mean that's a good question and you're right that there is a lot of um ethics to it but um well, look, I guess in, in therapy, we're not there to, uh, to moralise at all or, or um, tell people what's right and wrong. Often they are uh, told that already and they sort of have a sense anyway. Um, but I guess what you, maybe what you're saying is there's a lot more acceptability these days to, um, to make their fantasies more believable. And, and what kind of assistance would you recommend to anyone that might be listening who might think, OK, actually... Um, like enough's enough or that you know there is assistance out there what kind of avenues would you recommend look it depends on the person of course and what their motivation is Um, you know psychotherapy is definitely what I believe in to be the most effective because it's well psychoanalysis because it's it it aims to get to the bottom of the issue Um, you know it's not just treating it as a band-aid or or a quick fix you know it's trying to get to the core of the matter but you know they don't have to really be interested and willing uh, to get to the truth so to speak Mm. Um, the truth that they themselves don't really necessarily want to know anything about That's it for Worthy this week. A big thank you to our storytellers and also to Adam from Bayside Psychotherapy. You can learn more about what they do at baysidepsychotherapy.com.au. I'm Alexia Boland. Tune in next week.